Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. I tried the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year, and me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest, and we'd go up there, and just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scooting. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing. The versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours, too. Be sure and check them out. Tacovas believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink, and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom fitted for a new pair of Tacovas boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Today's podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to Nerd Wallet's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your own money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every single year, managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup, putting away more money for retirement since I'm not going to do this podcast forever. Sorry, folks. And also boosting my credit score since good credit is like a real-life cheat code. Saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines could have on your life. Weekly financial check-ins with smart money help you spend more time doing what matters and less time worrying about what doesn't. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Thursday evening, Friday morning edition. I'm actually recording a little bit early because I'm, uh, I'm actually leaving town. I'm got, Listen, rest assured, we have got Gene's page loaded up with content for the next few days. You're going to get more than your football fill uh, on Friday, and so I'm going to take the day off, and uh, don't tell my mom, but uh, I'm going to sneak down there and go visit with my mom before I go over to watch uh, Wayne County and West Jones play, so uh, don't tell her, it's our secret, and so I'm taking some time off, but I uh, wanted to get the show done, not going to be quite as long as normal, but it's going to be uh, be power-packed for sure, we're going to get the show done, and, uh, and i got to get on the road, and uh, so this will probably be available on iTunes Thursday afternoon and available on Gene's page Friday morning. So if you're listening to the uh, the player, the Radio Public player, this is a Friday morning deal for you. So 
Nevertheless, uh, let's go ahead and get down to it. Uh, Bulldog Burger Company is without a doubt the best place to come break bread in Starkville, Mississippi. I love going there. You love going there. Your kids want to go there. I had somebody that I absolutely love told me yesterday, he said, you know what? My kids love going there. That is their favorite place to go eat. And uh, what, what a ringing endorsement when you think, okay, there's so many great places to eat in Starkville, but your family's choice is Bulldog Burger Company. It's because you get great service, you get great food at great prices. It is a place that is kind of uniquely ours. So when you're in town, the, the restaurant closest to the Cotton District, you know what? That's Bulldog Burger Company. You can go by, you can have the pimentology, add bacon, you can have the Bulldog. If you just want a great straight-ahead restaurant-quality hamburger, the Bulldog is the way to go. But you can get the Lauren, which is my new favorite. But the Mission's always, man, that's, I tell you what, there's so many people that tell me that Mission's their favorite burger. I had a friend of mine tell me that they drove to Starkville on a day trip to see and his wife on like a date day just because she wanted the Mission Hamburger Bulldog Burger Company. That That's a commitment right there. That's a good husband right there, bringing his wife all the way from Jackson to Starkville to eat at Bulldog Burger Company. And I know many of you, you know, if I asked you guys, would you be willing to do that? I don't think it'd be one or two guys. I mean, I think it'd be thousands. So Bulldog Burger Company, the date destination, and the place in Starkville where people go to meet, and soon Tupelo, again opening September 23rd on Gloucester Street in Tupelo, Bulldog Burger Company. So the, the big question in everybody's mind right now is uh, Tommy Stevens' health. And so, so, you know, we met with Tommy on Tuesday. We heard from Joe on Monday, and, and it's one of those deals. Here is what I expect to happen. I think Tommy Stevens comes out, and I think Tommy Stevens starts the game. And then Joe and Tommy and Andrew Briner will kind of make a decision as they go. If you go out there and uh, let's say State gets off to a big start, and that, that's going to be huge, State needs to get out of there early and, uh, and be able to put a game plan together and be able to score and, uh, and get a lead. Because this Kansas State team, with a lead, they are going to shorten the game on you. It's going to be very difficult to come from behind on a team that plays keep away with the football. So I, I suspect that if Tommy Stevens can come out and maybe get Mississippi State to a halftime lead, maybe, maybe you make a decision and pull him. And, that, and that's, that's just kind of speculation on my part. I do expect him to start the game. I don't know that he finishes the game. But knowing the competitor that Tommy Stevens is, he will stay in the ball game if at all possible. Now, there is a bigger picture beyond the Kansas State game. We haven't even played a conference game yet, so I don't think we're going to jeopardize his season over this game. We want to win every game. We want to win every single one of them. But they're going to do right by Tommy Stevens. And, you know, this is a guy that's been waiting his whole life to be a starter on a Power 5 level. You know, if he can play, he's going to play. But there are people in place now that, listen, he's limited in practice. Okay, that's that's to be understood. There's not there's nothing he needs to gain from practice anyway. He needs to get healthy. So I expect him to start. Will he finish or not? That kind of remains to be seen. As far as the rest of the injuries on the team, we expect everybody else to be good except for Darian Parker. Darian Parker's a guy we expect probably gonna miss this week and maybe next. So that's something that's still kind of in, you know in the mix. But uh, outside of that, everybody else should be good to go. I, people continue to ask me about Nick Gibson. And I'll be honest with you, I, I don't understand why. Nick Gibson went down, a little bit hobbled, comes off, gets retaped, is sprinting up and down behind the bench trying to get back in the ball game. And then the decision was made to put Lee Weatherspoon in and let him get some carries, and uh, which was the right decision. 
Those are the reasons you have those non-conference games. You want to get an opportunity to get deeper in your depth chart and allow those guys to play. Nick Gibson's fine. Nick Gibson hasn't missed practice time. Nick Gibson's good to go. People said, well, Steve, you know, Colin Hill went down. And listen, it, it's going to take a whole lot more than uh, than something like that to keep Colin Hill out of ball game. And uh, Colin Hill, obviously, is a guy that Kansas State's very familiar with. We expect him to have a big ball game. But in order for him to do it, State's going to have to make some passes down the field to back those safeties out of the box. Speaking of safeties, and let's go ahead and get into this. You know, we spoke with Errol Thompson on Wednesday evening. And uh, Errol began to kind of talk about it and said he didn't want to say too much. But, you know, your good friend and host, being an astute observer of football, he mentioned some of the formations those guys want to run. They run a lot of two tights. They run some two back sets. And so it's not a spread formation. You know, we run a base defense of a 4-2-5, which we have Brian Cole play the nickel position. And so when these guys line up in a tighter formation, they're going to line up and try to get downhill and run the football. Uh, you're going to have to put in a linebacker on the field. And Errol kind of revealed to us that it's going to be Tim Washington. So basically, State's going to probably run some 4-3 cover two. And, uh, you know, Brian Cole will rotate in and out. You know, we'll go to some nickel and dime packages depending on the situation later in ball games. But as physical as Kansas State wants to be, they are going to line up in a tighter formation and try to get downhill on you. And so you can't go out there and uh, you know, in a nickel formation and expect to be able to attack them defensively. Now, this game is going to boil down to negative plays. That's going to be a big part of things. Negative plays, turnovers, that sort of stuff, the kicking game. I, you know, My biggest concern with all of this is that their strength is kind of attacking our weakness. Now, the flip side of that is I don't know that they're going to be able to stop us especially if Tommy Stevens is somewhere close to 100%. I just I think they're going to really struggle to slow down the Mississippi State passing game. And by not being able to stop that, it's going to open up Colin Hill in the running game. And that Kansas State defense is a little bit banged up. They've got one guy that's going to be for sure out, another guy that's a game-time decision, another guy that's going to play, but he's a little bit you know slowed. And so it's going to be an all-hands-on-deck mentality. And so you know this going in, that you know Chris Kleiman and those guys – they have kind of built a foundation in two games already of being just kind of a run ball control team. You've got to get them out of their comfort zone. And, and the way to do that is to get a lead. You've got to extend the game a little bit and force them to get out there and throw the football. And, I, and I'll be honest with you, I don't think they can successfully make a living throwing the football against Mississippi State. We need to get them in third and long. We need to win on first down, put them behind the chains or put them in some second and tens and that sort of stuff and, and keep them out of third and short. Because with us having those younger guys in the middle, we're going to give up some yards on third and short. We've got to make sure that we're ready to go in that respect. There's just there's no other way around it. Our linebackers are going to have to play their best game of the young season. I think to really slow this thing down. Because if we get into uh, you know, it, it's going to be similar to that Arkansas game of 2014. You remember that we talked about that on on uh, Monday show. You know Arkansas comes in here and gets a lead and just slows the game down on you starts running clock in the first quarter to keep Dak and Fred Ross and those guys off the field. Expect a similar game plan. They don't want to have their defense out there in that Mississippi heat. I had a chance to speak to Kobe Jones about that, and you can read that feature. Uh, it's on Gene's page right now, or it should be this Thursday evening. And Kobe and I talked about it. even being a Mississippi guy, even though you grow up in this environment, it's so difficult to get used to it 
to get acclimated to playing in the heat. And our guys have been through it through June and August and fall camp and summer workouts and that sort of stuff. And so, yeah, it kind of prepares you for the game, but you never get used to it. That's one thing Kobe said. He goes, yeah, it's a tool for you in July as you begin to look at those you know, early you know, September kickoffs and that sort of stuff. But you never really get used to it. You, ne- you never, ever just think, okay, let's just go play in the 95-degree heat and have a good time. And so if it's a, if a Mississippi guy born and bred right here in Starkville, Mississippi, if he's already saying, you know what, this is a concern for me, just imagine what Kansas State is dealing with today. They're going to travel down here, and uh, I, I don't care who you are or where you're from, 24 hours is not enough time to get used to what we deal with down here. I mean, there are times, listen, you know, you, you folks who lived in Mississippi, we can't even walk to the mailbox this time of year without having to come back and change clothes. I mean, because it's so dead gum humid outside. That There's just not a lot of ways to avoid all that. And so Kobe says the number one thing that they do at Mississippi State is they are really, really big on hydration. Pamela Bartz runs that program for Mississippi State, formerly of Colorado State. And uh, Kobe says they have a tremendous amount of respect for her for the way that she kind of approaches them. And, and, and here's the thing I'll tell you. If you, ever, you want to see a good measure of Pamela Bard's contributions to Mississippi State football. How many guys did you see have to be treated for cramps last weekend during Mississippi State's game against other Miss? I'll give you a second to ponder that. The answer is zero. Zero. Now, I can't count how many ball games that I've watched over the course of my lifetime, especially early in the year, where guys aren't hydrated enough and there's all these just stoppages of play because of cramps. Uh, Mississippi State didn't have any such issues last week. And so that's something to kind of think about as we kind of move forward with all of this, is the fact that uh, you've got people in place doing a great job for you and a great job for Mississippi State and preparing your football team for the demands that the, that the sun will take on them. It is going to be a very hot day on Saturday. It is going to be a big day on Saturday in many respects. And I think that heat is going to be a real factor in the ball game. Uh, that that could be the that could be the difference in the ball game. Like if this thing goes down to the fourth quarter, that that could be a big difference. You know who who has prepared? It's one of those things. You know when when you come down here and, and you, you're tough and you you do your best and you drink a bunch of Gatorade and you get out there and you run around, but you're here for a weekend. But it's another thing when you got to compete against people that live with this on a daily basis. And so there is a big advantage for Mississippi State there. But again, I don't want to be in the fourth quarter chasing a lead. I want to go ahead and have a lead, if you understand what I'm saying. I want to remind you guys, too, if for those of you that, are, that like to have a little skin in the game, go visit our good friends at MyBookie. You can find them at MyBookie.ag, college football, pro football. There are a lot of people that, uh, that consider themselves to be somewhat of an expert. You know, we, we pick games over on Gene's page, but we don't, you know, we don't, we don't have any, any money involved. It's just for pride. Maybe you're better than me. Maybe you're better than all of us. Maybe you can pick the winners. Maybe it's time to put your money where your mouth is and go visit the friends at MyBookie. MyBookie's been with me a long time, uh, for years and years on this podcast and this show. They have uh, they have been a sponsor of ours regularly during the fall. Encourage you, if you are of the betting sort, allow them to serve you. Allow them to be your betting option because where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. You play, you win, you get paid. Your initial bonus that they could they'll up they'll double that. They'll they'll double your initial deposit to get you started. And in order to get that that unlock that 
code. We're going to give that for you. It's a reward for you that if unless you listen to this show, you won't have this code. The code is the number three and letters D-O-G. That's three dog. Letter three, D-O-G. Joy to the world, man. Joy to the world. A good three dogs night for you. Encourage you to listen to that. But uh, if you're looking for that, if that's if that's your if that's your cup of tea, if you're a person that likes to have some skin in the game, mybookie.ag. That's the way to go. Mybookie.ag. Promo code three dog. The number three D O G. So uh, let's look around the conference here. There's a lot going on. Okay, there's it, it is a full slate of games, and uh, you know it's it's a non-conference weekend, and yeah, you know, I, I think we could argue among the non-conference games that the Mississippi State. Kansas State game is probably the best of the non-conference games. So let's run them down here for you real quick. And again, it's going to be an abbreviated show today, so I do apologize. I'll try to make it up to you. You guys have been getting 50-plus-minute shows here for a while now. But uh, it's going to be a, a little bit more of an abbreviated show today because, again, I've got to get on the road. Arkansas State will play at Georgia. That that will not be a competitive ball game. Uh, you guys know I'm a big fans of Georgia. I think Georgia's got a chance to to win the Southeastern Conference this year. As a matter of fact, I'm picking them to do it. I think they um, think they had an opportunity last year and absolutely blew it. I think we all know that. But I think this is a, you know, another just you know step in the journey for Georgia. Really like this Georgia team. They just they're athletic and Kirby is recruited at such a high level. They don't ever seem to just kind of unload. You know what I'm saying? They don't have to reload. It's just kind of like they just kind of step up. Uh, Chattanooga's at Tennessee, and I tell you, but Nick Tiano and them probably got to be licking their chops a little bit, right? I mean, when the schedule first came out, they probably were thinking, well, it'll be cool to play in Neyland Stadium. Uh, they're probably thinking, you know what? We might go in here and win the ball game. Uh, that's uh, interesting. You know, and, and I'll tell you, the people have kind of joked about this whole thing with Phil Fulmer. You know, Tennessee is an absolute mess. You, you don't need me to tell you that. But uh, the fact they've lost these two ball games to open the year, they had such a cake of a schedule that they pretty much had scheduled themselves a bowl game, if you know what I'm saying, because I'm sure they were thinking, okay, we'll beat Kentucky, we'll beat Vanderbilt, maybe we can beat Mississippi State, we win these non-conference games, and uh, we're back in a bowl game. We have righted the ship. Well, now you've lost two of those games you expected to win. You lose to Georgia State. You lose to BYU. Not, not that BYU is a bad program, but Tennessee should never be on the same playing field as BYU. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Just... It doesn't make any sense. Now, Chattanooga is 1-1, uh, 1-1 one and one, one and one on the season. 24-10 winners against Eastern Illinois, and then they lose to Jacksonville State 41-20. Uh, Tennessee should win that ball game. Uh, but, you know, I, I, you know, it, it's such a mess up there. I, I, if, if this is not a game for a little while, don't be surprised. I, I, I think it'll be a game for at least a half, and then the Tennessee strength and conditioning program will take over. Uh, we've got Alabama on the road at South Carolina. That That's going to be a difficult one for South Carolina. I, you know, I like this Alabama team uh, like everybody else does. I mean, you look at the talent across the board. I think they're probably a little bit better defensively than they were a year ago. But I don't think we've had a chance to see that yet. And this week will be a different one, too, because, you know, South Carolina is going to start a new quarterback. And so Jake Bentley out for an indefinite period of time. You know, I just don't give South Carolina much of a chance to even keep this thing competitive. I think this will be a really big one. For South Carolina, everybody's expecting to lose that ball game, but uh, they're already kind of chasing the season a little bit after dropping that game against against North Carolina. Uh, Southeastern Louisiana will, will visit Ole Miss. 
listen, we're not going to troll Ole Miss right here. Ole Miss should win this game handily. They ran the ball really well in the fourth quarter against Arkansas. You know, Arkansas at times kind of got in their own way, but I really thought that Ole Miss did a good job kind of lining up and running the football. And maybe that speaks more about the problems at Arkansas. But Ole Miss did what they had to do, protected their home turf. Because if they go in an 0-2 hole, you know, I I think they're already go ahead and uh, they might even make an announcement as far as coaching change sooner rather than later. But uh, they'll win this weekend, and they'll be 2-1. Uh, Colorado State will beat Arkansas. Arkansas looking for redemption after losing to Colorado State uh, last year. And you recall Arkansas struggled against Portland State, and then uh, they didn't score a whole lot against Ole Miss last week because they're offensively they're really struggling. And uh, what's interesting is Chad Morris goes out and signs two grad transfer quarterbacks, and then you're not any better at the position. That 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 is a stinging indictment on Chad Morris. That's his calling card, his offensive play calling, offensive development development of quarterbacks and now here you are and uh, you go out and get two grad transfers and then your guy leaves and you're struggling offensively it doesn't make a lot of sense to me and and again I think this whole Chad Morris thing at Arkansas is going to blow up it is going to be it's going to be very difficult because the SEC West is so unforgiving once you get down and we know from experience we've been there it's difficult to rise back up the ranks and uh, it's Arkansas's turn to, to be on the bottom for a while Kent State will be at Auburn. Auburn is number eight in the country. That might be uh, a pretty precarious position when you consider how bad they've been offensively. And they keep talking about trying to get their running game going. They'll get it going this weekend, but that'll be more about personnel and strength and conditioning than it will be offensive cohesiveness. I think that Auburn is a team, but it's still kind of limping along here. And people have kind of forgotten there were so many people at Auburn that wanted Gus Malzahn gone. They are waiting in the wings for something to happen. They are just simply waiting in the wings. And really, Auburn has not done a whole lot at this point to say, you know what, we're going to be a great offensive team. You knew they were going to be young at quarterback. Um, you know, Nick's throws up a desperation pass that gets caught to, to up to upset Oregon in that ball game. But um, I think most people kind of think they're living on, on borrowed time, kind of lucky charms there. Uh, Florida will be at uh, Kentucky. You know, Dan Mullen lost to Kentucky last year. That's something Dan Mullen doesn't do. Florida will be ready to go in this ball game. Kentucky, of course, going to be playing their first game uh, with Sawyer Smith under center at quarterback. I expect Ty Grantham to swallow him alive. Not to mention Dan Mullen. I can promise you, the way that Dan Mullen thinks of Kentucky, <laughs> he thinks he should beat him every year. Uh, he has been spitting bullets all week. Kentucky will get exactly everything Florida has this week. I, th- I think it's going to be a big one. I think Florida's going to blow them out. I really do. Lamar's at Texas A&M. That's an interesting ball game for nobody. Texas A&M, again, continues, uh, you know, to uh, to kind of skate along there, ranked at number 16. Uh, probably a little bit closer ball game last weekend with Clemson than I, than I had anticipated. But, again, A&M is just kind of an 8-4 and four team. That, that's kind of who they are. That They get the benefit of having a big stadium and a big media relations department, and people keep waiting for A&M to make the big jump. And uh, I just don't know that's going to happen anytime soon. I just, I just don't. I mean, they, they didn't do it with Johnny Manziel. And people remember the fact that they beat Alabama, but they forget the fact that John Chavis at LSU really had the kryptonite for, uh, for Johnny football. But they'll have no trouble with Lamar this weekend. Northwestern State at LSU. LSU probably, uh, that's the team everybody's talking about right now. Everybody's thinking, you know what, they, they may have a chance to challenge Alabama this year, and they might. I think it's also interesting that uh, nobody really had tape of this new offense with Joe Burrow 
until you've got a couple of games under your belt. The Texas game, they were very impressive, very impressive, at least on offense. That LSU defense gave up a lot of points too, though. That's uh, they, they, they called themselves DBU, and uh, both of them were getting torched left and right, Texas and LSU both. No such trouble this week as uh, the Demons will go into Tiger Stadium and limp back home with a paycheck. Uh, Southeast Missouri State will visit Mizzou. SEMO and Mizzou, that'll be, uh, you know, be another chance for Kelly Bryant to throw for 400 plus some odd yards and uh, and and just have another you know stat building performance. I don't I don't think there's any chance at all that Semo uh, is going to win this ball game. I don't, I don't think anybody expects it. So I think this week will be a weekend where things probably go to script. I mean, you really think about it outside of uh, Florida at Kentucky. That's the only one you can look at within the conference and say, okay, that's that's a bit of a toss up. But you know, knowing what we know about Dan Mullen and knowing about the the uh, the problems with the quarterback position in Kentucky, I think we can all say, you know what, this is going to be one of those games where Florida should be able to have their way. Now, on the Mississippi State side of things, uh, I expect Mississippi State to win the ball game. Uh, I don't know how handily it'll be, but I do expect Mississippi State to win. And I think it's one of those things that everybody's kind of looking at right now and saying it really kind of boils down to how Mississippi State can stop the Kansas State running game and the health of Tommy Stevens. Uh, it's going to be a game-time type deal, but again, I don't think you're going to be able to keep Tommy off off the field. And I think it's important for State to get a lead early and kind of make Kansas State do some things they're uncomfortable with. Because it's, that's one of the things that happens in games like this, is when you have a team that maybe has superior talent, which is, which is what Mississippi State does. Mississippi State has more talent than Kansas State. But Kansas State right now has a belief. They have a head coach that's won 23 games in a row. They're running the football exceptionally well. They're doing a much better job offensively than they did a year ago. And so they're beginning to believe a little bit in themselves. And, yes, they have played nobody. They've beat Nickel State, and they beat Bowling Green. Bowling Green was dreadful last year, absolutely awful last year. And so when you look at all this and you begin to ask yourself, okay, what should Mississippi State fans expect? I, I suspect they're going to come out and try to run the football. They will at times find some success, I believe, on the interior. But I believe with Mississippi State's linebackers, with Errol Thompson, Leo Lewis, uh, Tim Washington, the I think State's going to make their share of plays, too. I do think they'll score a little bit. I think it might be a score similar to what we saw last weekend. But I believe that Mississippi State will be able to have some success down the field. And Colin Hill is a bit of an X factor because he is such a great receiver out of the backfield. He's not just limited to just carrying the football. You know, that's one of the things, too, when when, when teams are kind of linebacker challenged, I think that's when Colin Hill is at his best because they don't want to match him up with a DB because he's too physical for them, and he's faster than most linebackers. And so I can see Colin being a real weapon out of the backfield if they look to stack the box. And, you know, Colin Hill tweeted it out earlier this week, man, I love this offense. We have so many weapons. You stack the box, we'll go over the top. And that's what I expect to happen. I I think with Mississippi State's receivers playing at such a high level, that State is going to be able to, to kind of elongate the field and force Kansas State to have to defend the full expansions of Davis Wade Stadium, which will then in turn open up some running lanes for Colin Hill. And once State gets a lead, I think Joe Moorhead knows the plays to call to kind of put games away. That's an important part of things is playing with a lead. Sometimes people play not to lose. I don't get that with Joe. I think Joe is one of those kind of people, too. If you saw last week, uh, pardon me, the Louisiana Lafayette game, you know, it's when uh, – when the game was on the line, rather than kind of go in a shell and hope we wouldn't lose, Joe goes out and calls plays to try to win the game. And that's what we did. We put the game away 
And so I suspect that you'll see it this week, too. I think Joe's got some killer instinct and will be one of those kind of people. I think Joe is just going to go out there and really get the team fired up and get them to go. But we've got to start early. I don't know if I, I might even pick the ball first. I, I mean, honestly, I think, you know, I'm usually a defer guy. I think if you win the toss, you defer. But I think I, think I would want the ball first because I want to go out there and kind of set the tone for the ball game. Speaking of setting the tone, our good friends at Campus Bookmark, Stan Ramos, Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie, the whole crew there, they will treat you like family because you are family. It's as simple as that. Many of you bought textbooks at Campus Bookmark when you were students here at Mississippi State. Now it's time for you to outfit your family, your home, your RV, your pet, your office with the latest in Mississippi State merchandise. You can find a great selection of clothing and uh, decorative items at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a promo code. That promo code is BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over $50. And any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. Simple as that. Campus Bookmart, a Stark Villigan institution. Certainly worthy of your time. Worthy of your business. Hope you go by and let them serve you. So, uh... Again, heat advisory this weekend. Make sure you are prepared. I know many. There's some people that have already said, "Hey, Steve, I, I just can't do it again. Two weeks in a row." And I get it. And uh, but listen, we really need you to be here. I, this is going to be a much closer ball game, but I think many of us anticipated in the preseason. I think Kansas State is a much improved team. It is difficult at this point to really have a good barometer of who they are and how good they are because of the level of competition they played. But that said, they're going to come down here with the belief of you know what. Those guys in Mississippi State came to our backyard last year, and they embarrassed us. They absolutely embarrassed us. So now it's time for us to go back and kind of do the same thing to them. And they're, and they're believing. They're believing in their coaching staff. They're believing that they're going to be a better team this year and get back to a bowl game and have a chance to do some big things. I did think that Chris Kleiman's commentary this week was very interesting, where he said, hey, guys, we need this ball game against Mississippi State. We need to know where we are as if they're just kind of getting a sense of who they are as a football team and who their personnel is. And listen, it's one of the things to go out there and play against air. But, uh, you know, they're doing, as somebody shared with me yesterday, you couldn't ask any more from them than what you've seen already through two weeks of football. I mean, there's just absolutely no – I mean, would they have scored 70 points? You know what I'm saying? It's like how do you look at that and say, okay, well, they were just okay. They beat Nickel State 49-14. You expect that from a Power 5 team against an FCS team. And then 52 to nothing against Bowling Green. So they've allowed 14 points. Defense has been on the field 36 minutes out of 120 minutes of football. That's it. They get the football, they put it away. Scholar Thompson's a guy that um, you know, is, is really kind of a um, serviceable quarterback. He's a caretaker type guy. You know, he's, he's not a guy that's going to go out there and make a lot of plays for you. And I'm, I'm not saying that to be disrespectful. I'm just saying that they don't ask a lot from him. They don't ask him to go win the game. They ask him to just manage the game and, and kind of avoid losing the game. Uh, so that's something to kind of consider, too. As we as we get into this, if you put the game in his hands, and he's a junior, we saw him last year, but if you put the game in his hands, I don't know, I don't believe at this point that he can go win the game for them. That's as simple as I can say it. I, I think he is one of those guys that uh, – if you if you give him the opportunity, he will give you the football game. If that makes sense to you, and what I mean by that is, is I just I just don't think that he is a guy that that could consistently go out there and make plays uh, to win the football game. I just 
I think he, the, the whole thing they want from him is don't turn the football over. Now, he's been very efficient this year. So it's more of a short passing game, you know, 26 of 35, 74% completion. A lot of that's throws to the running backs, 363 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, averaging 181 and a half yards a game. Uh, so that that is something to look at. He is going to be efficient in what he does, but he's not a real big down-the-field thrower. They're going to do some play-action stuff. They'll involve the tight ends a little bit. They'll throw down to the running backs. The name you need to know from a wide receiver perspective is Malik Knowles, and he is a guy leads them with eight catches for 25 yards and a couple touchdowns. He is the acrobatic guy. He is the guy in the red zone. It's really kind of a red zone weapon. You throw it up there, and then he'll go and get it for you. And so he's the one guy that will probably – uh, get some attention, you know, from Cam Dantzler and those guys. They will know where number four is. The other guys, I think you kind of match up pretty well there. But he is a guy that you, you know they want to get him the football. You know they want to get him involved whenever it's time, whenever they, whenever you start creeping those safeties up a little bit, when they want to get involved and, and run support, uh, they will find a way to try to get the ball to Knowles. And so that's what we're going to kind of be looking for and kind of preparing for uh, as we get into Saturday. A uh, reminder, again, on, on Friday, I'll, I'll be away from the site most of the day, and then uh, Friday night be going to see Wayne County and West Jones. Looking forward to seeing Armando Scooley play in person. Really, really excited. He looks good on film. I'm ready to see him up close and personal. It's been a, And every week this this season, I plan to be out there seeing Mississippi State commitments play in person and uh, kind of a return to what we did in the beginning, you know, when we began this whole thing, is get out there and do the things other people aren't. And, I, again, I still don't understand how people evaluate players they never see play. I, 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 don't, I don't get it. And there's only so much you can see on a huddle video. You know, what, what happens in between series when he's on the sidelines? Maybe he's getting his butt whipped. How does he respond? What is his attitude like? Does he take coaching? Does he respond well to his teammates? You know, those are all things you, that's not going to show up on a highlight video. You're only going to get that when you go and you see him play in person. So look for that on Monday. We'll be happy to talk about some of that. And hopefully we're talking about another Bulldog victory. But that's going to do it for today. Let me remind you, if you haven't done so, please go to StarkVillainsTheBook.com. Pre-order your copies of Stark Villains. You can find your T-shirts and hoodies for Stark Villain at StarkVillains.com. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends and enemies, and people can see a difference in the way we live. <laughs>